This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. He is the host of the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast and a fellow 5 a.m.er, Jeff Sanders. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Good to be here today. And, you know, I think there's this trend going where more and more people are realizing getting up early is truly a very powerful thing to do for our productivity. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. But before we get started, who in the world is Jeff Sanders? That's a great question. I think the <laughs> usually the way I describe myself is a productivity junkie, uh, a guy who loves to get things done. Yes, waking up early is also awesome, but I think for me, the way I, I tend to think about my life is I want to have more energy. I want more enthusiasm. I want to do things I love. And so that's what I just surround myself with as often as I can is doing things that I think are a lot of fun. I love that productivity junkie. I've never heard though that phrase before, but I will tell you a little secret and my listener may not know this, but back in the day when I first became a productivity expert, I naively thought that productivity was just a calendar app, a, a to-do app, a notes app. And then I realized, wow, there's a lot more to productivity. This is a ginormous umbrella. And that's why, at least on my show, I have people uh, from all all walks of life, all kinds of occupations to come on and tell us how they're being more productive. So I'm glad I'm talking. Now, I'm known as Mr. Productivity. Maybe you should be the productivity junkie. Maybe that should be your hashtag. <laughs> I like it. That'll work. So let's go back in time to when you initially decided you're going to start getting up at 5 a.m. What part of what was going on in your life and how old were you when you decided to do that? I was probably in my mid-20s. I was about age 24, 25. Um, and so the story behind that was I was working a full-time job, so you know, 40 hours a week. I had a side business, which is now what I do full-time, and I was running marathons. And so my daily schedule was a lot of stuff. It was really packed in terms of how do I get to work on time? How do I have time for my business? When do I train for the race? And I realized the only real time I would have to do my marathon training would be before work. And so I decided to just do an experiment and wake up at 5 a.m. one day because that worked out best with my schedule to squeeze in a run before I can get to work. And I realized on day one how powerful it was. I just felt this sense of like, oh, my gosh, there's this opportunity here that I've been missing and hours of the day that I've been squandering because I just haven't been really utilizing my time and energy in the best way. So 5 a.m. popped up as you know, day one, try it out. And I just loved it so much. Then I thought, let's just continue this for a while until the race is over, and then we'll see if it sticks. And so after the race was done, I then began to use my 5 a.m. time for personal projects, work projects, side hustles. And I just I discovered that this was a way I wanted to live because I was getting so much done in these precious hours that most of us either sleep through or just don't utilize as well as we could. And I will tell you, I fought getting up before the sun for years. I'm 55 years young and I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm not getting up before the sun. It's, I go to bed at dark. I'm not getting up when it's dark. And then I stumbled across a book by Robin Sharma, the 5 a.m. club. And I read the book and I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to know unless I try. And so mm -hmm. I started getting up at 5 a.m. on February 4th, 2020. I will tell you. That that first couple of weeks was really tough because, you know, you don't think it's all the way through. You're like, OK, I'm usually going to bed at 1130 and then you get up at five and your body's going, wait, what just happened? And so I had to go. I don't remember how long it actually was before I actually was getting to my rhythm. But I realized that I would be in bed by 10 o'clock, which quickly became 930 and then 915. And now I'm lights out 
totally unconscious by nine and get up at five o'clock in the morning. And I think the key, and I tell everybody this, the key is you have to do it seven days a week. You can't do it like Sunday through Thursday and then stay up all hours of night and Friday and Saturday, because then when you try to do it on Monday, your body's going, wait a minute, we're so confused right now. Are we getting up at five? <laughs> we get up at eight. What, what are we doing? And I've done a lot of research on sleep and consistent and how the body loves consistency. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that waking up consistently is so much more helpful. I mean, I, the example I like to use is that, you know, when I travel, I will make that shift to the new time zone that I'm in. And there's always that initial sense of like, oh, yeah, I can do this. But then like day two, day three starts to show up and you realize like I'm not on a good schedule. And then you come back and you're in your you know, usual time zone again. And then all of a sudden you're like, I have no idea what time it is. I'm just your body is so confused. <laughs> and the only way to really reset any of that is to stick with the most consistent schedule you can and then all of a sudden every single day just feels normal and i feel like that is the the initial challenge those first two or three weeks yeah they're hard but then once you're done with that it's so much easier and life just feels so much more you know predictable in a good way because then you have that energy you have that sense of knowing like here's when the bedtime is here's when wake up time is and here's what i'm going to do in the times i'm awake yeah, so I'm going to go visit my folks in Florida, November 30th to December 5th, and I I live in here, Houston, and it's I go to bed at nine, get up at five, and I was talking to my wife. Okay, so that's ten to six over there, right? Because I want to make sure my body knows. Okay, I'm still getting up at five o'clock in the morning, but if I did five o'clock in the morning there, it'd be four o'clock in the morning here. So I got to make sure my time is is still you know the right time. Fortunately, it's only an hour. So I'm not really, it's not that big of a deal, but if you're going from Houston to Paris, that's like six or seven hours where the time zone is, that's a pretty big change. So I haven't had a deal with that yet. Have you had a deal with a, a huge change uh, from your, uh, with time zones? Yeah. I mean, I've been to Europe a couple of times in the last few years and those time zone changes are surprisingly not as difficult as you might imagine. I think only really? because what I tend to do, like, they're hard, but I think it's, there's this like initial intensity that you can overcome a lot easier if you do what I think a lot of people tend to do from, if you travel from the U.S. to Europe where you just stay up once you get there. Cause a lot of times your flight will arrive, you know, midday, but if you feel like it's, you know, middle of the night, if you just stay awake until the normal kind of European bedtime and then go to sleep and sleep for like 10 hours then the next morning you wake up and it's so much easier to feel like you're on schedule after only being there for about 24 hours um i've done this a few times and it is it's not easy and it feels really crazy that first day you're there but then after that things really settle in pretty quickly especially because you have the sunrise if you wake up with it and you get yourself in that rhythm of what's going on in this new place it doesn't tend to be as difficult as you might imagine you know, that's interesting because when I went to Paris way back in 2010, I learned from doing some research on Mr. Google that if you get on that time zone before you leave, it's better off. So like about three yeah. weeks before we started getting up earlier. And so we actually landed and we were ready to go because we, our flight landed like 8.50 in the morning, something like that. Now coming back, you know, obviously you can't prepare for it. It was kind of a chaos for like a week because my body's like, what's going on? But for the most of us, we pretty much stick in the same time zone and the key, the key is consistency. But I didn't know you were a marathon runner. Um, did you know that I'm a daily runner? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love to run. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, so on August 29, 2017, right after Hurricane Harvey left Houston after it devastated us with 51 inches of rain, I decided to run. And the reason why I started to run every day is I read an article on runnersworld.com. It said what I learned 
from running one mile a day every day for 250 days. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I started on August 29, 2017. Now, we're recording this on November 9th. It's coming out November 10th. So hopefully my count is at 1,170 days today. So I, I, I don't want to say I've done it yet because I haven't really done it yet. <laughs> but I, I, I don't do marathons and I don't take rest days. Now, my rest day is one mile. So I, I always uh, exercise at least 30 minutes a day because I'm obsessed with closing my Apple Watch rings. But when I have rest days, I run for one mile because that, that's the key indicator is you got to run for one mile. And I walk for 20 minutes. That's the key. But I tell you that some days I run fast, some days I run slow. I prefer to run in the morning, but sometimes it gets cold here in Houston. We won't get snow and blizzards, but if it's going to be 65 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's going to be like 30 at 5 o'clock in the morning. I won't run at 5 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I'm kind of chicken. I'll wait until it warms up a little bit. Do you go at the same time every morning? No, my schedule tends to be a little more varied than that. Um, I have done times where I've run, you know, first thing in the morning. And I tend to find that like whatever my schedule feels like the best also with how my body feels. So there are some days where a 5 a.m. run is great. I would say most days I tend to run probably three or four hours after I'm already awake. Um, I just tend to be in a better zone to run in those hours. And so it's really just a question for me of when can I get the most bang for my buck from the workout? And sometimes it's early, but I think most of the time I delay by a couple of hours and then I'm, I'm so much more like in the zone to get a great workout. And for me, I, I'd rather get kind of that sense of like, this was the best use of my time in this hour of the day. And so that's what I try to shoot for with all the things I schedule on any given day. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day. Get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Now, I want to talk about what you do when you first wake up because there's a lot of people get up early and the first thing they do, they check their phones. Uh, Tim Cook infamously gets up at 3.45 in the morning and hits email. I don't recommend people getting an email, social media, checking the news in the first 60 to 90 minutes of the day. I think you should read something inspirational, maybe go for a walk, maybe do some meditation. I think you should start your day very intentionally. What are your thoughts about what you should do in your first 60 to 90 minutes? Well, generally, the thing that I talk about with you know, the 5 a.m. miracle concept is that what I like to see from my mornings is I wake up and have one intentional priority. So and the, and the way the whole thing began for me was to wake up and go for a run. And then later on, it was other projects. And I feel that there's no projects for me has become a, a focal point. So I'll wake up early in the morning and I want to do one thing that will give my day you know, a real bang for the buck. I want to feel productive before everyone else is really awake. And so for me, that doesn't, I, I've tried different ways of doing this. And one of the past ways I tried was a, a very common concept of like, I'm gonna run through a lot of healthy habits. So I'm gonna read a book for 20 minutes, I'll meditate for a little bit, I'll do a little bit of yoga. And the list of healthy habits just kept growing. There were so many little things to do. And it just kind of felt like an exhausting process. And so for me, I really simplified it and said, I just want to do one thing. And so the night before, I'll choose what that one thing would be could be a workout, it could be a business project, whatever, just pick the one thing that lasts an hour or two, and then wake up and do that. And if that's the focus, then my morning has so much more intention. And I'm not distracted by other things, I just do that thing. And then I can go on the rest of the day, check email and whatever else. And so my real goal is to wake up and do one thing. And if that happens, I feel as though the day started off in such a powerful way, 
as opposed to feeling scattered or like you're trying to do too much too fast, I really want to begin a little slower, but with just one single focus. I love that because I think people are trying to do too much. And as a result, they're being spread too thin. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, the big three. That seems to be the mantra for productivity experts is the big three. But to your point, maybe it's just one thing. I don't think you should focus on that uh, the, the list of 25, 50 things you have to do. I actually have a client of mine who's got so many things on his list. When we do our coaching calls, I feel I, I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel anxious <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. that's too many things on your list because the reality is, they just keep moving it from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. I'm like, you're not even, you're not even working on these things, but they tell me they're all important. I said, but obviously not, you're not working <laughs> any of them. And so I, I recently went back to the bullet journal. And the reason why I left an, an app for a to-do list is because if you're going to put a task on your list every day, you have to write it over and over and over again. You just can't like swipe it and change and move the date till tomorrow. It takes more effort. And so after you do that for three or four times, you're like, okay, why am I rewriting this thing over and over again? Do I really need to do it or can I just drop it? And I think a lot of people, they, they do what I tell them to do, capture all these thoughts. But the problem is that's all they do. They stop there. They, they capture all their thoughts. And then this list gets really, really, really big, like, like Mount Everest. And, and it's like, okay, you started out on the right foot, but now you have no plan. And now you don't even look at your list anymore. You ignore it because it's too big. And I, I think what people need to do is get back to simplicity and maybe pick three things, or like you say, one thing. And just, if you do that thing, then the day's a win and stop worrying about the 30 things, 33 things on your list. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a, a, a kind of a season of my life where I was going to try and do the 30 things a day. Like I had this list of here's all the things I could do that you know people say are productive. And so I was timing myself to say, how long does it take in a, in a morning you know, routine to get all these habits done? You know, and for the first week, it was like three or four hours and then it was five or six hours. And, you know, I work for myself so I can choose my own time. But I realized like I've spent six hours a day doing all kinds of random stuff. I'm like that's just not efficient. That's not productive. And ultimately, that's not sustainable. That's that's the real key for me is what can I, what habits and systems can I create that I can do now and in 20 years? And if I don't have a system like that, then something feels off to me. And I want to get to a place where what I'm focusing on is, is, is valuable for today, but it's also a routine and a way of living that I can just keep going as long as I need to and still be able to pivot and, and reprioritize on the fly, but have a system that works long term. Now, I'd love to know your thoughts on white space. I'm a firm believer in white spaces. You need to have time for your schedule to breathe. I know some people are fans of scheduling every second of their day from from you know, sunrise to sunset. If that doesn't work for me, and I think we need to figure out what works for each individual, each each of us. But how do you approach white space? Do you build that into your day? Well, my last book I published is called The Free Time Formula, and it's about free time. It's about margin. It's about making sure you have that white space. I think one of the things that you know, I've talked about before on my podcast is that I had a season in my life about four years ago where I was having panic attacks. I was stressed out. I was pushing myself to the brink because you know, guys like us, we want to be productive. We want to fill our day with valuable things. And I took that to the extreme and I was really pushing myself 24 seven without any margin, without the chance to slow down. I mean, even today, like I'm having a cup of coffee right now. And I feel like in the past I would have five or six a day because I wanted to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And like, you just can't live like that. 
And so once I realized like this is not sustainable for me, then I came to that realization that, yes, I want to have those few priorities. And also, like you just mentioned, having intentional white space built into the calendar to, to capture those moments of, of your life where you just want to pause in the middle of the day or you want to be able to, to pivot really quickly to work on something that just popped up. Right? There are things we just can't predict. And this is my kind of biggest challenge with my calendar of my, my entire life is trying to figure out how to schedule random things that all kind of fit together, but also allow for the fact that life is just so unpredictable. And there are so many things that are going to change. So I don't want to plan too far in advance. So I want to make sure also in that process that I have the priorities, but I also have the white space to balance that out. I love that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about planning because I'm a big planner. And I think one of the key components is, number one, people don't plan at all. I'm a firm believer of tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. But I think what people need to do is learn how to plan. It's not just throwing spaghetti on a wall and hoping something sticks. One of the first things I teach my clients and my audiences is determine how many hours you're going to work tomorrow. Because once you know that, then you can reverse engineer it. Because like for me, I work nine to four. That's my work hours from Monday to Thursday is and then one to four on Fridays. I pick my work hours and I reverse engineer it. And I think if people don't know, A, what they need to do tomorrow and B, how many hours are going to work tomorrow and C, what other commitments you already have, then you really can't plan. So I'd love to know your thoughts. How do you go about planning your time? I've changed systems with this a lot, but I think the one thing that tends to come back to me again and again is what kind of what I just mentioned about life being unpredictable is that in the past, what I used to do was plan really far in advance and I would have all these set schedules and try to stick to them. But then I kept having to change my calendar because things kept changing. And so I went from like planning my whole year to plan just the next quarter to just the next month. And now it really is like just the next couple of days. Like that's all my brain can handle. It's all my life can handle in terms of making sure that I know what's happening in the here and now and these next couple of days. And so all I want to optimize on my calendar is what the next few days look like and then allow myself to be able to you know, have a, some flexibility built in. But I really just want to make sure I fully understand tomorrow. And that's basically enough to, for me to be able to, like you just said, reverse engineer how that will play out. And I feel like once you have that kind of intentionality to say, I'm really just going to give a lot of energy to the next 24 hours then it's a lot easier to make those decisions, to make cuts and move things around and to be able to focus and get your stuff done. And so for me, that's really my goal is just how can I be a little more present, a little more short term. And then, of course, I have a seasonal kind of breaks to do those bigger picture reviews. So a monthly review, a quarterly review, an annual review, just to make sure that kind of like on the grander scheme of things, I'm still going where I want to go. But on a day-to-day -day schedule, it really is a very short-term focus to optimize the hours I have right now. You're serious about your online business. I am too. That's why I proudly host my website on Kajabi. It's everything you need all rolled into one platform. For more information and to try Kajabi free for 14 days, go to the link in the show notes or go to markstuchowski.com forward slash Kajabi. That's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. I can see that. I used to be a daily planner and then I'm rereading the seven habits of highly effective people. And Stephen Covey recommends planning a week. So what I do is I go ahead and plan my week, but a lot of the events I schedule are listed as free, which means a client can book a time during that slot. It's just helping me. I'm, I'm trying to something I'm trying. I've been doing about three weeks trying to do a week ahead of time. And of course, 
it's easy on Sunday to plan the Monday and then there's the Friday. I'm just like throwing things out there. But to your point, things do change. But I, I'm just trying what he suggested. Him. He's he's pretty, you know, well, he's passed away, but he's pretty smart what he did. So I'm trying the one week thing. Uh, the jury's still out on that. I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it, but I, I really make sure I take the time to plan my tomorrow because by then I'm going to know what podcast interviews I have to do, what coaching clients I have to do. And then any of the spaces that's left in there. Okay. What do I want in there? Do I want to create content? Do I want to create uh, you know, a YouTube channel, whatever the case may be, but yeah, you're right. The next day is the most critical because the further you go out, it's like the hurricane cone of uncertainty. The further you go out, the, the forecast is not as accurate, but you can pretty much know what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's very simple for most people to be able to plan the next day and to have some certainty around how that will go. And I feel like once you get into a good pattern where you have a, a daily review process, maybe a few minutes to look at your calendar, look at your task list, you know, reschedule things, reorganize things, you can get pretty efficient to making your days flow a lot better, especially if you're really good at prioritizing like what really matters now. Because I feel like the kind of example you mentioned earlier of someone having, you know, all these to do's they kept postponing. Like to avoid that, you want to be able to clearly identify what things actually have to get done in the next 24 hours. And they don't have to, then I'm going to move these things into a list that I'll review later because I just want to make sure that when I get up tomorrow morning, my to-do list is are things that are only for that day. And then those things get my full attention. I feel like getting to a place where you can prioritize all the many ideas you have and tasks to do, that's the skill. That's the thing that defines how your time is used. And for me, that's when my day has the most value is when I'm really clear on what truly matters. So why do you think people fight the 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 common sense that you and I think of getting up early. Why do you think people are like, look, I'm going to get up, I'm going to hit the snooze bar like seven times. I'm going to get up at just the last second, just enough time to, to take a quick shower, brush my teeth and be out the door. Why do you think people like living in that state? I mean, are they choosing it or is it laziness or they don't know the benefits? Why do you think that people don't get up at 5 a.m.? Well, I think that the the biggest problem here is actually bedtime. It's not the early mornings. Like yes. all of us can definitely get out of bed at any time we choose. Like you can set an alarm for 3.30 if you want to and get up. The issue is when did you go to bed? Because 3.30 only sounds early if you went to bed at midnight, yes. right? So we're, we're not trying to, you know, make the mornings feel awful. We're trying to make the evenings more efficient. Like that's really the goal. And so for most people, evenings are filled with usually activities that are not that useful. Our brains are slowing down. We're not being as productive. Probably going to watch late night TV or stay out late with friends or whatever the thing is. If your evenings are inefficient and you go to bed whenever you feel like it, then the next morning is not going to be what you want it to or what it could be. And so for me, the, the biggest challenge for myself personally and everyone I, I work with, it is how do you make sure you get to bed on time? And once you have an evening routine that's nailed down, uh, 5 a.m. is fine. 5 a.m. is great. Everything feels wonderful, but you'd have to get to bed or the whole system is really just not going to not going to work. Yeah. And there are these inventions called TiVo, DVR, streaming video. So you don't yeah. have to watch that show at 10 o'clock. I mean, my wife and I, I don't think we ever watch anything. The only thing I watch live now is sporting events, and that's on Sunday right. afternoon. And so you can record it, even sporting events. If, if my Houston Texans are playing on Monday night football or Thursday night football, I tape the game, not tape it. I DVR the game and I watch it the next day, which is even better because I get more of my time back because I don't have to watch the commercials or when they do timeouts or they do, you know, re, you know, replays or whatever like that. So 
you, do, you it is up to you. What time do you want to go to bed? And and the people go, well, I, I worked hard all day. I'm like, yeah, you get home what six o'clock. So you go to bed at nine o'clock. You still have three hours. And and I'll tell you, Jeff, for the longest time, I would fight getting going to bed before eleven. And I'm like, well, this is where all the cool shows are on. Well, I remember when there was no t- VCRs and no DVRs and no TiVos. And you had to watch the show live or you didn't watch it because they didn't replay it. Now we live in a different world. You can literally stream anything 24 7, 365. So you can't use that as an excuse anymore. You can watch anything the next day on your own time. And I think we need to start reclaiming our time and saying, look at this is my 24 hours. I'm going to dictate when I go to bed. Now, if you've got kids and you're homeschooling your kids, or if you've got a little one, obviously you've got, you got to tweak it a little bit. Maybe you can't go to bed as in early hours because you've got four kids at four different ages and they're all, you know, whatever. You just got to figure out what works for you. But for the most people, if they would just give up a little fun time at night and watch those shows the next day, they can go to bed between eight and 10 and get your seven to nine hours of sleep and be just fine. I think the other key thing that I think always happens for me when I'm making these kinds of, of transitions is that we tend to over like or we tend to believe the evening hours are more special than they actually are. Yes. So as a simple example, you might say, well, I really want to watch this like late night TV show or late night you know, football game. But then the next morning you wake up and you're tired. Well, if you do the reverse and you actually go to bed early and you wake up at 5 a.m. and you feel refreshed and you have these morning routines that go well and the whole day then feels more productive, like the quality of life you get from that second, you know, tier is so much better. And you and then you can look back and say, you know, those evening hours I thought were so important, they actually really weren't. I wasn't <laughs> getting a lot of value from that time. And so to me, it's, it seems silly once you've made the switch. But when you live in it, you think, well, I love this show or I love this evening activity. But you probably really don't no you're 100 percent right and i mean i go out running at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning on sunday mornings and people go well don't you stay up late i'm like no i'm in <laughs> bed at nine o'clock and here's the thing i used to cut the tv off at nine and i you know read until 10 i don't when i say read i mean a print book and then i started cutting the tv off at like 8 30 and now it's like 8 15 8 o'clock because my body's going hey you know what you've been up since five we know your body knows when you get this routine that's the other thing i like about having a consistent bedtime and a consistent waking up time your body knows hey listen it's 8 15 time to go brush your teeth because you think you're going to read for 30 minutes we're going to be knocked out in about 15 minutes from now because your body gets in this system it gets in this consistency and it knows but if you're going to bed at 9 and 11 and at 1 and at 8 and then the body doesn't know and so i don't know about you but do you find that your body knows when you get to be within 90 minutes of your bedtime, your body starts winding down? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely feel that sense that I am preparing for sleep. Like, I can feel like physically my body is, is getting ready to go to bed. And the other thing that I notice, and this comes from people who run a lot or do a lot of early morning workouts, is that I literally feel like I want to bounce out of bed at 5 a.m. Like, my body has said, okay, we did that, you know, the sleeping time, we're done, let's begin today. And I feel like that sense of wanting to actually, I want to get out of bed, I want to go do things, that doesn't happen when you get to bed too late and you feel exhausted and your alarm annoys you. Like you can't live a life where you're excited to wake up if you're not excited to wake up. And so I feel like that's what I'm trying to to shift to all the time is how do I keep that my go-to? How can I make sure that I love getting out of bed early in the morning? And that's not going to happen if I'm exhausted or my schedule's out of whack. And so to me, like that's the ideal rhythm that works for me. And I want to make sure that that's my norm. 
Yeah. And the first thing I do when I get out of bed, I make my bed. So there's no retreat. Can't go back to bed. And then I turn, we have a really bright light in our bedroom and I turn that on because you start flooding yourself with sunlight, quality light, and your body starts waking up. Now I'm a little older. I think I'm a little older than you, but I feel young. I don't feel 55. I feel like I'm about 35 years old. Some mornings, you know, if, you know, you got a cold or something like that. Yeah, it's a little creaky getting out of bed, but I still get out of bed. I mean, some some mornings I move a little slower, but you know, when I when I realize that a lot of people are still sleeping when I'm awake, uh, and I I could be out on a run, they're still sleeping. I think it's kind of sad because we all get 24 hours a day. That's our consistency. That's that's the constant for everybody. And how you spend your day. It's up to you, but I encourage you to go to bed at the same time every night, as we've talked about in the show, and get up at like five o'clock or maybe six o'clock for you, whatever works for you, and then reclaim your day because so many people are at the mercy of other people. And I'm here, here's an idea. Why don't you take control of your day? And the most control you have of your day, if you got to go work for a corporation or whatever, the most control you have is when you wake up because you've just woken up and probably no one else in the world's awake in your neighborhood then do your thing then. But when you're rushing in the morning, now you're full of anxiety and frustration. Well, that sets the tone for the entire day. And then you're going to be making probably silly decisions throughout the day. You may be hitting, go, getting stuck in traffic and that's just going to amplify it. So I, I just encourage people, if you've never thought about getting up at five o'clock in the morning, think about it. And you, you, you got to ease your way into it. If you're used to going to bed at two and getting up at 10, it's going to be a little transition to turn the clock back but as jeff and i have talked about in the show it's possible you can do this if you stick with it and there's a lot of ways you can make that switch i know some people really prefer just to do it all at once and and say well tomorrow morning 5 a.m let's do this um i have found that that's really ineffective most people do not do well with that you can do it for a day or two but then you'll fall back into your old habits very quickly and so what i tend to recognize or or realize in myself as well is that i do 15 minute segments so i'll do you know if if last night was 11 p.m that's night's 10 45 and then 10 30 the next day and that slower transition makes it stick so much more easily and then you don't fear getting out of bed earlier because it just feels more natural and that's really what you're going for is that kind of emotional connection that yeah this feels like just how my day should go and then you're not going to fight it and you're not going to have those old habits as quickly or as easily to, to throw you off your schedule and so it's really just figuring out how to make that switch as seamlessly as possible yeah, I remember the first day I was all excited about it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I got all ready, turned the screens off at eight o'clock and all this stuff and laid down in my bed at nine o'clock and my body's going, dude, <laughs> we got two and a half hours to go. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> and I didn't fall asleep. And I don't know about you, but when I can't fall asleep, then the anxiety starts creeping up on me because I'm like, I'm like freaking out. Okay. I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep. And then it gets worse and worse. And I'm like, you know what? I, I wish I would have heard your advice. You just gave us is I wish I would have just dialed it back slowly. 15 minutes at a time. I would have been better off because I went through drudgery for two weeks because I literally went from, I think it was at 11 o'clock to seven 30. And I went from nine to five and my body's going, no, we're not doing this. I don't know what you're trying to do right now. Uh, I eventually got over it. Um, but I, I like your idea is just 15 minutes because that's something your body can get used to. That's a great idea. I hope the, the audience doesn't miss that. Yeah, I think really whatever is going to get you onto your ideal schedule as quickly as possible is going to be best. And then you can stick that make that thing stick because you have a life that's planned around those times. So one thing I didn't mention earlier that I want to be sure that I I tell the listeners is that when you get out of bed at 5 a.m. for the first time or 6 a.m. or the time is, 
have something scheduled that you really want to do. Yes. Because if you don't have something that you were actually planning to do at that time, what I have found with a lot of people is they'll wake up and then just waste those hours because they didn't really think through, well, what am I going to do at 5 a.m.? <laughs> like, how will this be useful for me? As opposed to, because if you're used to waking up, let's say at 7.30 when the alarm goes off the last second and you're used to rushing around the house to prepare for the day, well, if, you're, if that rush doesn't exist, well, then what are you doing now? Yeah. There's open time. And that's an opportunity to schedule things that mean something to you. And so the more intentional you are with what that time looks like, then the more excited you are to begin that process. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that before I went to the 5 a.m. thing, I had a morning routine. So what I used to do at 7.30, I did at 5 o'clock. So I was able to take that morning routine and just shift it over to 5 o'clock. But I like what you just said. If you don't know what you're going to do, well, there may be a good chance you climb back under bed and go, I'll sleep to 7.30 again. I'll try it again tomorrow. And so that's a very valid point. Make sure you have something there because you know what they say about a vacuum. Something's got to go there and the least resistance, what's going to happen. And I would argue that's probably climbing back under the sheets and setting the alarm. Which is also really common. If you have no plan, then why would you get up? I think mean, that's kind of the other thing that I used to do is when I first became an entrepreneur full time and my time was my own for the first time ever, I realized if I don't schedule like an early morning meeting or a call or some excuse where I have to be up, well, then it's so easy to just not get up. And so there's a lot of us now that work from home and we have so many opportunities to, to plan our days with more intention. And so the obviousness of that is we're probably going to lean on our bad habits. Like that's what ends up happening. And so if you don't shift what that looks like and, and kind of work around it and find the, the hacks that will work for you, well, then you're going to end up going back to bed. You're going to eat the food in the kitchen because it's already there. Like you're, those bad habits just won't go away unless you intentionally figure out how to make sure they, would, they do not come back. 100%. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation with you, Jeff. You gave us a lot of things to think about. And even though you're a productivity junkie like me, I always learn from my guests. I learn from you. So thank you so much. Uh, where can we find out more about you online? Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it today. Uh, JeffSanders.com is the place to go for my home base with all of my content there. Of course, the 5A Miracle podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts as well. So those are probably the, the two places to go. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time for being on the show today, and I hope you have a great rest of 2020, and then you have an awesome 2021. Yeah, thank you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.